You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows and then we talk about them. We're currently covering every Ryloth-themed episode of Star Wars television. But before we get into that, Ryan has a bit for us. Heck yes, I do. I am loving Andor. Andy is loving Andor. And we are seeing the origins of a rebel hero that we kind of never thought we would, you know, like in, in this kind of depth. So I've been thinking about other rebels whose backstories and or could explore or whatever. Who who do you who are you curious about? I guess I guess I should narrow it. Whose whose origins do you want to explore in Andor specifically beyond Cassian and Mon Mothma? That's a good question. Um, I'm very intrigued by uh, the uh, the Skarsgård. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I don't know if I want to like know his origin though. Like, I like quite a few of the characters more as mysteries than like super yeah, fleshed definitely. out. But uh, I am hoping that we see some other Fulcrum agents. Like, we know that. Uh, Sabine Wren used that code name. We know that Cassian used that code name. We know that Ahsoka started that code name, and we know that Callus used that yeah. code name. So, kind of seeing that network form and seeing some yeah. other Fulcrum agents would be really cool. I feel like, I mean, I feel like Skarsgård's character has to be one because he's the whole thing with Fulcrum was that Hera was the leader of the cell and she was the only one that knew that they were talking to Fulcrum and Vel was the only one that knew that they were talking to him. I I don't know, I got a Fulcrum vibe from their interaction. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean it it, it definitely seems like he has other agents and cells kind of places. Yeah. Right on. I recently learned that Sullust was a planet dominated by a corporation. And when the corporation started to make a political turn that he didn't like, Nine Numb kind of blew it up from within as best he could and jumped ship. I think that would fit perfectly with what Andor is doing with the Empire nationalizing corporations and using them as small-time law enforcement. Give me Nine Numb. That'd be super cool. Yeah, I'd love to see Nine Numb. Uh, I love the pancake face. <laughs> That's one thing that his face has been said to look like. Yeah, I I agree. Shall we discuss Hera's heroes? Yeah, so we are going to be covering Hera's heroes, which is the last episode in our Twilight arc. Um, this is a this is a fun one. This introduces Grand Admiral Thrawn, which is oh, yeah. awesome. Uh, we get probably the most time we've ever spent on, uh. Ryloth outside of the outside of the Clone Wars, so that's really cool. And uh, yeah, it's it's a real doozy. 
let's do a recap. All right, so our rebel heroes get word that uh, shit is going down on Ryloth and they need supplies, so they come and bring it. And Cham is like, oh, hey, by the way, there's this new Imperial guy. He's a real toughie. Uh, and he's taken over our house. Yada, yada, yada. Hera's like, okay, well, I want to go get uh, the weird tea statue with the danglies. So uh, I'm going to bust in and do that. And I'm going to do it by myself because I don't want to put anyone in danger for a personal mission. And everyone's like, Hera, like, we're coming with you. Let's do this. So Ezra and Hera and Chopper break in and then Kanan, Sabine, Zeb, Cham and his crew cause a diversion. And while sneaking around, they get busted by Thrawn through Thrawn's uh minions kind of being dummies, they're able to escape. Also the constant underestimation of rebels and their droids chopper is very instrumental in escaping however they have to leave the 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 t the t statue behind and uh i think they blow up the house yes they do blow, they blow up, the, up house. the house they blow up champs uh and Hera's family home and they escape uh thron thron lets them go the end the end. That was an excellent recap per usual. Thanks. I watched it like four weeks ago. So. Oh my gosh. I watched it this morning. Uh, I, what do you think of this one? Uh, I really like this episode. I think it's a solid introduction of Thrawn into canon. Um, yeah. Well, it, he was in a previous one, but he doesn't meet the interact rights. with our heroes yeah. at all. Yeah, this is the first time. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's not his his reintroduction, but it I mean it kind of is his reintroduction. It's his first time our heroes are facing him, and he yeah. is appropriately intelligent and sinister. Like, oh yeah, he is able to deduce a lot of stuff, and it always feels like he is a step ahead. And uh, it is only imperial bureaucracy that ever like brings him down here. Yeah. Which is something that, like, even as a Grand Admiral, he can't, he can't, like, function outside of that, you know? Yeah, it's because, you know, that's why it matters when Palpatine dissolves the Senate. Yeah. That's kind of a hallmark of this era, and something that Rebels did really well. Uh, and, like, we find out a whole lot about Hera and Cham. Like, we see the Y-Wing that Chopper crashed down and chopper oh, has like I a love little ptsd that. episode we like get to explore their family home and see like family portraits and stuff like there's there's a lot of really good stuff here yeah anytime they humanize or felineize or whatever we want to call it because he's a grumpy cat anytime they make chopper three-dimensional i i like that because mm-hmm. yeah he's a grump and yeah that's funny he's kind of a one-trick pony in terms of the humor but the dude has seen some shit. Yeah, he's been through it. What about you? Do you like this episode? I do, yeah. I remember, you know, the first time I watched it, I I enjoyed it. But in the greater context of Rebels and seeing what the Kalakuri will come to mean, and it's a really good piece of the puzzle. 
And like you said, I mean, Thrawn, you know, that whole moment where he's, he has figured out who Hera is and he's letting it slowly bleed out while he monologues. Such a good character beat for him. That's kind of, that's, yeah, like you said, that's really the introduction to Thrawn. Like we had seen him, but this is where you, if you, if you don't know anything about the character, this is where you really get a sense of who he's going to be. And he, in a lot of ways, I think it's important that like Thrawn arrives for the heroes here. Like it instantly makes it personal for Hera. And Hera and Thrawn are really the, like, nemesises of each other. And they're kind of inversions of each other, which I think is uh, really, really interesting stuff. Um, Yeah. And I think it's appropriate that this meeting happens on Ryloth. Because as this new rivalry, this new enemy ship is formed... That, like, it's coming out of the embers of the previous war. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to see Thrawn in the Syndulla home is to see him in their head. So I, I had been thinking about it from that angle. But you're right. It absolutely is from the ashes of the Clone War. And, like, like you said with Thrawn in the home, I mean, it's a violation. Like it is, yeah. it is a a boundary being crossed and broken. Uh, it, yeah. Like if you if you've ever like read people who have had like their homes broken into or something, and, and like they've written up about it, like it's it's a traumatizing thing, and it's uh, you can tell how upset Hera is that he has their uh their tea statue. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the tea statue. That that might be one of my favorite props in Rebels. I like the little upside down pyramid on it. Yeah. The little Christmas ornament. That's uh is that on it in this one or is that the piece that she adds uh for Kanan? Oh, I don't know. I think she adds that for Kanan. I do like that. I think that's a old republic thing originally, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think this episode says as our final Ryloth episode? Uh, We don't see Ryloth at all in Resistance. Uh, It's not in any of the the movies. So this is the last chronological Star Wars television show story we have about Ryloth. What is... Where are we ending off here? I mean... I think it's key that there's not a big sweeping victory. Like, they blow up the headquarters, but the headquarters is also their home, you know? It kind of, it it leaves us with the fact that there's a whole lot more fight to go. And they don't get the statue, either. Like, it's not a clean victory. A clean victory would have been... Oh, yeah, that's right. ...escaping with the statue, you know? Do they, when do they, well, when do they get it? Because she does get it back. I don't know. I gotta look that up now. That's gonna bother me. I thought they might have been this one, but I kind of had zoned out by the end. Please forgive me, first friends who expected me to rewatch. Yeah, but it's not. You know, regardless, it's not a. It's not like they they liberate Ryloth and there's a triumphant moment with star destroyers blowing up in the sky. Like, 
there's a ways to go. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's very the cost is very high, um, and I think it's very speaking to the Twilight people that Hera like doesn't care about that. Like she is yeah. not upset that she lost her home because her her house is not what's important. Like what's important is her found family. And I, you know, she says like, it, it's fine. I looked it up and Kanan steals the statue back from Thrawn the night that he dies. Oh, wow. That's so sad. Just so it can hurt a little more. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. But yeah, Spoilers, no, Kanan dies. If you're listening to this show and you didn't know that, I just gave you what you deserve. Yeah, it's, uh, that's true. Like, everybody, everybody makes it out, but there's still some hurt. Yeah. And, like, I think that's... I do want to see more. That, that's very, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of the, the playbook of the, of the Twilight, you know, throughout Clone Wars and Rebels and Lords of the Sith. It's, yeah. They'll... They're never going to get a clean victory. They're never going to get an easy win. It's always going to cost something. But what is important to them as a people is who they have decided is part of the tribe. Who 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 they've decided is part of their family. Yeah. What didn't work for you? So, I mean, this is something that many people have complained about with Star Wars Rebels. And it's the, like... Thrawn kind of baiting the rebels, but then kind of letting them get away. And he then like yeah. monologues a little bit about how it's all part of his grand plan. We do see that grand plan come into fruition and it does pay off in a really big way later. And this is only the first instance of it. So it's a little more excusable here than it is, you know, after the third or fourth time. But uh, even this time, I was like, okay, well, like, why not just catch that? And sure enough, it does pay off, but you have to wait a while for it to pay off. Yeah, it it does make the victories seem a little too low stakes at times, I think. I mean, I really thought that somebody, probably not one of the ghost crew, of course, but like a Gobi or Numa or even Cham, I thought somebody was going to sacrifice. I don't know. Yeah, it's it 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 is interesting that Cham makes it out of Rebels alive. Uh, it kind of feels like yeah. he shouldn't have. Um, well, he doesn't even think he will. He says in this episode, like, "I'm sacrificing myself for Hera and Ezra," and then doesn't. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and I don't know if that's a bad thing because I love Cham, and I'm assuming yeah. they have plans for him somewhere. But we haven't I hope so. we haven't seen him in a long time, and uh, since this, besides Bad Batch, yeah, buddy, where you at? What you doing? He, you know, I don't think he would be too out of place in like a Book of Boba Fett or Mando type thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean... The t- yeah, the Twi'leks are linked to the Underworld. The downfall of the biggest hut boss could mean good things if Cham seizes some territory. 
which also is a double-edged sword. Yeah. It, he'd be great. I don't think he'd be a fan of the New Republic. I think he would be no. very frustrated at the uh, liberal policies of one Mon Mothma. Yeah. Uh, and, like, as much as it's been cool seeing Mon in Andor slowly becoming more radicalized. By the time of the New Republic, she's 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 not a leftist. She's a liberal. No. Yeah. He would be furious at the demilitarization. Yes and no. I think he'd... I don't think he would trust a New Republic military, but at the same time, right. I think he would not stand for the, like, the leniency against Imperials that we know like yes. happens and the allowance of fascism to fester in pockets of the new Republic that we see in, exactly. uh, lay bloodlines. And, yes. uh, you know, we see how that directly leads to the rise of the first order and Cham would not be cool with that. So, no. so if Cham does make it out of the galactic civil war somewhere, uh, I do think he'd be a really interesting character to see in some of the uh, between Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens TV shows that are happening. Yeah. Do you think he would play ball insofar as maybe running for Senate, but not trusting, certainly not Mon Mothma, but probably not trusting any of them? Or do you think he would keep Ryloth out? I I almost think we would see like an independent Ryloth. I. Like, if Cham is involved in Ryloth leadership, uh, which does feel like the culmination of his arc, like, if he's not going to die on a battlefield, he is someone who, post-Galactic Civil War, is going to be, uh, like, Samwise Gamgee, the mayor of Hobbiton, after the squaring of the Shire, until he dies. That, that, I think we get, like, a trophy. I think we're the first people ever to compare, first podcast ever to compare Samwise Gamgee to Champs. Yeah, they're very but different characters. I agree. But, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's an excellent analogy. And I, I do not see him being cool with the New Republic. So I don't think he'd play ball. Would be my guess. I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it does seem last like time he cast his lot in. It does seem yeah. like he softened a little bit, though. So, I mean, maybe, maybe he would, but. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he would definitely have an angle. But, yeah, man, now I want to see that story. That could even be a novel. I think it would maybe work best as a novel. Yeah, that'd be a great novel. Uh, I'd love to see a follow-up to Lords of the Sith, but, you know, just kind of focused on Cham and what what he's up to. Um, Yeah, he's a great character. And it's it's a shame that we haven't seen anything with him during the time period yeah. following this episode. You know, we, we got Bad Batch episodes released in real time after this, but they take place chronologically before it. So, um, yeah, we have a huge chapters missing from this character's life. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see him make a heroic last stand, or I'd love to see him after the war. I think I'd rather he survive. But I'd, I'd be down with either. I think I expected him to show up at the Battle of Lothal at the end of the show. Like, I remember being actually kind of stunned when he didn't. 
Yeah, there were a few characters that I thought were going to show up that didn't. Uh, the Rebels have quite a few allies uh, that could have made appearances but didn't. And Cham was definitely yeah. one of them. He's the biggest one, I would say. Him and that, uh, the droid general doesn't show up, does he? No, no. I thought he would show up. Uh, does Ketsu show up? Yes, Ketsu okay, does Ketsu show does up. Ketsu does show up, cool. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, what the fuck is that droid general doing? Yeah. Where's he at, huh? Cham wouldn't trust him. No, Cham wouldn't. Cham would not like no, him. No, no, no. Yeah, speaking of Clone Wars references, I like that Hera calls the Imperials uh, Gutkers. Those were those monsters from the Numa episode. Does that were like rampaging and killing the clones? Do we see Cham interact with Rex? I don't believe we do. Yeah, because that's another one where I don't know how cool Cham would be with that. Yeah, I mean, I think he would come. There would be a moment where Rex proved himself, but out of the gate. He would not trust him, oh, depending who, how much he knows about Order 66. I'm, I'm blanking on my husband's name. Who was that sexy clone from the Bad Batch episodes with Chan? Oh, Hauser. Baja Blast. Hauser. Baja Blast yeah. Hauser. Yeah. Maybe Chan would, would give Rex a pass because of his boy That's Hauser. true. That's very true. Yeah, I think he would he would recognize Cham Syndulla has seen so many interesting and important <sighs> Like minor yeah. events, but like major events, you yeah. Know? Like, like Hauser defecting on the grand scheme of things, very small, but also on the grand scheme of things, very important. And like, yeah. Chan is just like he gets to see all this cool shit. Yeah, he does. He ever meet the batch? I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't remember. Uh, but mean, he go back I mean, and listen to the Force Friends episodes yeah, about those episodes. Let us know. He, uh, I mean, he's met Obi Wan Kenobi and Mace Windu. I don't know. He, he's the man. He met General Master. I'm gonna die. That's right. He did. Pour one out. Pour one out. What a guy. Yeah, Cham was a one-off character in Clone Wars that has just exploded. Two, I, I guess him. two, because they did that flashback. Yeah, yeah I do too. I, I love Cham. Cham is phenomenal. Um, He's my favorite color, too. Oh, are you a big fan of orange? I'm a big fan of mac and cheese orange, even though I'm vegan. And he is a beautiful shade of mac and cheese orange. I almost just said mac and cheese isn't vegan, but <laughs> then I remembered cheese... And then I remember the vegan place near me that does amazing <laughs> mac and cheese. Oh, it does that not place. use real cheese. So, oh, yeah. That place is beautiful. Yeah. It is. That mac and cheese is so damn good. What's it called again? Uh, Kelly's Farm Kitchen. Kelly's Farm Kitchen. That's right. If you ever find yourself in Harper's Ferry, which you should learn, learn the history of John Brown, uh, Kelly's Farm Kitchen. Champs and Dula would like John Brown. Champson Dula and John Brown would be a dangerous, dynamic duo of justice. Yeah, they'd be pals. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think Saul Guerrero would like John Brown also. Saul Guerrero would love John Brown. I don't yeah. think I don't think John Brown would like Mon Mothma. No, no, no. John Brown would. Uh, yeah, he would see that her heart was usually in the right place and wonder where the hell her head was. Uh. I think John Brown would like Skarsgård, though. 
Luthen. Luthen? Yeah, yeah, I think Man. he would, except, uh, I don't know, he, I don't see Luthen wanting to tie up the loose end and kill Cassie, and I'm still not sure how I feel about that, and I don't know enough about John Brown. We, we need to so. see that play out before I can. Yeah, true, true, true. Before I can talk on that, because, uh, like, we don't know exactly what Luthen's orders were, like, they were veiled, right? He didn't say, like, go shoot Cassie in true. the back. He said, like, go deal true. with that. And that's right. I think the our, our intended takeaway is, like, oh, Luthen's going to kill Cassian. But that could just be the writers, mm. you know, pulling a that's fast true. one on us. So. Yeah, these guys play 3D chess. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Do we think we could see Cham and Andor? I mean, I know it makes sense time-wise. It, it very much could make sense. And I think it depends on, like, what the time jumps are going to look like and where they're going to take certain characters, you know, like, where they're going to take Cassian. But, yeah. like, there I is, it up. there's a shit ton of action happening on Ryloth, and it would yeah. not be out of the picture for Fulcrum agents to go and deal with exactly the Ryloth Liberation Front. So Well... They've put out, there's, I think it's a Hollywood Reporter article with the time frame of every and or arc, including season two, and like where they will lie in relation to the other stuff. And the last nine episodes of the series would all take place like around this or after. So there's, there's time. I don't think we'll see them this year, but yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think I think there's there's a lot of story potential there, and it just kind of depends on what the vision is for Cassian's yeah. journey. And right, Cham is that character that when you go, we need an extreme rebel leader who is like more extreme than Mon Mothma, but slightly less extreme than Son Guerrera. Your go-to pick is Cham Sindula. Yeah. So. Uh, Definitely. To put it in X Men terms, he is the Callisto to Mon Mothma's Xavier and Saw Guerrero's Magneto. There you go. Damn, that was good. It was good. This is a good podcast. I'm I'm good yeah. at podcasting. I'm good at this. You are good at podcasting. I've said it for years. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, I mean, anything else to say here? I mean, I I think my closing thoughts are like. One, I fucking love Star Wars Rebels. Rebels is awesome. Uh, I think this is a great episode. I think it is a good kind of capstone to leave things where it shows that, like, the Twi'leks are a culture that really values revolution and freedom and, like, community care and building networks of resistance. Uh, I think... As fascism looms its ugly head in the U.S., we can all take kind of a a little lesson there, not to get too real on the Star Wars podcast. Get real. And, uh, yeah, I, I think specifically Cham and Hera are two phenomenal characters, and I love them both dearly. So any episodes that Agreed. deal with them is fucking great. What do you think, Ryan? I think uh, definitely what you just said. I mean, the Twi'leks are a people that don't take shit. Um, they take action. And these these episodes kind of taken as a story from all these series taken as their own series 
I don't know, they tell the story of a leader who doesn't, uh, he doesn't give up. He doesn't always make the right choices, but he doesn't give up and he doesn't concern himself with, I don't know. He's, he's like you said, he's, he's really the middle ground between Mon Mothma and Saw Gerrera. And like to that point, Ryan, of like, he doesn't always make the right choices. I think what I respect about him is that he makes the choice though. Yes. Like exactly. He, he does not sugarcoat it and he does not try no. to like justify it. He'll make no, yeah. a hard choice and he'll say like, I know this is getting blood on my hands and I know that like, this is damning for me to do but it, it has to happen but like this yeah i need to do this and yeah I, I, like i think that's why i fucking love him so much i think as much as i also love saul i do think saul kind of tries to like have his cake and eat it too where he'll do like yes. something really extremist and then he'll like kind of justify why he's not a bad person for doing Yes, and he's Cham is a fairly honest dude. I don't know. Saw like getting Enfys to go through all that for the coaxium and never telling her that it was to make bombs until the end. Like, I don't think Cham would do that. That's the solo novel. Whereas, I don't know. I think Cham also has immense foresight. I love the line where he says to Mace Windu, like, how long until I'm fighting you? Yeah. It was not he saw that it long. Coming. Yeah. No, it was not that long. It was, we could fight all day about the timeline of the Clone Wars, but we agree that it was a single digit number of years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we doing next? We just decided that today. We sure did. Hello there. We're going to be covering uh, every major Obi-Wan Kenobi-themed episode of Star Wars TV, going yeah. through the Clone Wars, uh, through uh, Kenobi, the show. I hate that all the Star Wars shows are just named after characters because it makes talking <laughs> about them more difficult. And then we are going to be covering uh, his one and only but banger of an episode in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. But, yeah, for now, I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, how do we end the episode? If this is the end, and uh, it is, because for some reason we don't have any more Sindula content, let it be memorable. Where they may, radio.